let's welcome in now Jake Seeley, senior writer for The Athletic FF Fantasy Football, one of the greatest fantasy minds I've ever talked to. Heck of a baseball fantasy guy, too. Jake, how's it going, man? I'm doing good. How are you doing, Andy? Doing well, brother. Doing well. Uh, real quick, how's your, your baseball fantasy season going? Because you were, what was it? I believe it was two years running at least, the top like baseball fantasy ranker in the world or something, right? Yeah, it was, it was two years in a row. Uh, I don't play as many baseball leagues as I used to, mostly just a big one like Tout and Labor. Uh, it's to tell two stories. I'm second to last in labor, but I'm in first in tout. So it's just one of those. <laughs> there you go. And you, you can retire on top. It's all good. Uh, right. Jake, let's get to, we're going through some running backs. So let's swing over to the wide receivers for a moment here. And we started our rankings and fantasy draft research, getting ready, the prep work for it. Wide receiver. Give me your top three wide receivers, and then we'll get into a sleeper after that. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, a lot of people are going Antonio Brown, DeAndre Hopkins, Odell Beckham. I am not. I actually have Odell Beckham fourth, and not just because he blocked me on Twitter, but oh. because. <laughs> Did he? How come? Yeah. Because uh, I think he misunderstood a joke I was making about the corners after that whole boat fiasco. Like, uh. I, I thought that. I thought the media coverage of the boat fiasco was stupid, and so I was making a joke. I said the corners would definitely be playing better if it wasn't for the boat. Obviously being tongue-in-cheek, saying, you know, it has nothing to do with it. And I guess he just blocked everybody that put something about the boat and the Giants. So, yeah, I've been blocked by Odell ever since. But in any case, no, I have have Julio number two. I I actually know Antonio Brown, Julio Jones, DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, I can see a case for Hopkins maybe in non-PPR versus PPR to be number two. But either way, I think Julio Jones is getting way too much disrespect because 1,400 yards for three straight years in a row, we know you're not going to catch 1,400 yards and only three touchdowns again this year. There's just, there's just, it's almost impossible to have that happen. Right, right. And, and, and yeah, for Julio, that was really the knock with the lack of touchdowns that was so frustrating for him at that point. But, hey, you know what? For It seems to me like he's always always a little banged up. There's always a toe. There's always an elbow. There's always some. But then come game time, he always plays, and he always puts up 100-plus yards, right? Hey, that's the thing. Is, you know, you do have to kind of be a little bit concerned, but somehow he gets through it every single week, uh, whether or not he's got the foot issue or not. And I know a lot of people are going to say, well, imagine how things with the whole season, you know, get your home Watson and all that nonsense. But, you know, I'm excited for it, too. But we all know this. NFL players will tell you this. Analysts will tell you this. Everybody will tell you this. The second year for a quarterback is the toughest year mm-hmm. in the NFL. So I'm excited as anybody else, but let's temper the expectations just a little of what happened last year. What do you make of Tyreek Hill in Kansas City? Because his production, of course, was under Alex Smith. Alex Smith now with Washington. You got Pat Mahomes, who played in a game. But he essentially, he watched for a year. But you're getting a rookie quarterback, and that scares me a little bit when you see, one, Tyreek Hill's breakout season. Can he do it again? And then on top of that, a whole new quarterback. Where are you with Tyreek Hill? I'm lower than most uh, as a probably more of a mid to lower wide receiver, too, because two things you brought up. So and then one of it is the fact that all of his touchdowns came from outside the 20-yard line. Like they, He didn't score any red zone touchdowns. Hmm. So, so you have to take that into account just what kind of plays. And, yes, there are people counter-argue and say how explosive he is, but at the same time, if you're not a red zone wide receiver, to bank on that kind of touchdown success, again, is a little bit dicey. So that concerns me a little bit just for him to be carrying over that kind of touchdown rate without being in the red zone. The second part of it is, as you said, with Patrick Mahomes, and it's not even Patrick Mahomes' inaccuracies, mechanical issues. I love the talent. Andy Reid is somebody who could get the best out of him. 
it's Patrick Mahomes doesn't. We don't know who he has the best rapport with. We don't know who he Great likes point. the most. They just brought in a wide receiver where if you just told me side by side, here's Sammy Watkins, here's Tyreek Hill, who's the more talented wide receiver? It is Sammy Watkins. Mm-hmm. Now he hasn't been able to put it all together yet, but. What if there's more rapport with Mahomes and Watkins, and he ends up being the person that he goes to more often, especially in the red zone? We just don't know yet. And I think that that's a consideration you have to take of why you don't put Tyree Kill inside that top 15, top 12 conversation, because if that happens, yes, it might be Tyree Kill, but if it's not, you're looking at a possible bust of the year. Jake, that's such a great point with the comfortableness of a quarterback to a receiving core. And that's why when you see a starter go down, the backup typically, at least at first, has comfort levels with the, the WR3, 4, 5 guys because that's right. who they're, they're working with in practice. So that's something to keep in mind. Devontae Adams, he seems poised to real... Now, he had a good year last year, but really bust out with the return of Aaron Rodgers. Is he in that tier right underneath those first three or four that you mentioned? Yeah, he is for me, and I was somebody that was, you know, pounding the table, all those cliches that people mm-hmm. want to throw out last year for him. And yeah, I've been Devontae Adams and said that, you know, it was a two years ago, and everybody's complaining about the hands, and he finally worked on it and figured it out, and nobody wanted to jump on board. I think they were just too ticked off of what happened and the excitement from the year that, you know, they lost Nelson, and all of a sudden Adams was going in the third round, and people got disappointed because he didn't produce that year. And I think it's one of those things that I like to do is target last year's trash is, the people that the owners got kicked off at, and now you're getting them at discounts because they didn't produce. So you look at Adams, as I said, as he's starting to really break through and come to his own. And if you look at the yards, still really haven't been there for what the production is. And that's a good part to do with the fact that Aaron Rodgers missed half the season last year. Yep. And I get a full Aaron Rodgers season as the number one, as somebody who already had no problems catching touchdowns from him and anybody else on that team. Uh, he could honestly... It wouldn't surprise me if at the end of the year he is pushing that top tier and kind of getting close to the, the Odo Beckham's of the world. Because, Jake, the other part for fantasy players to realize and keep in mind is who are the receivers after a guy? So for Devontae Adams, you lose Jordy Nelson, who was one of Rodgers' favorite targets. Randall Cobb, right now in his career, he gets banged up a lot and he's a chain mover. After that, what, Geronimo Allison? Like, Jimmy Graham's going to be a threat, but he's the tight end. As a receiver, he's going to be the X for uh, Aaron Rodgers. And, hey, Rodgers is that good. Even if you cover Adams real well, he's still going to get his yards. Yeah, he definitely is. And if you're looking at somebody right now, I'd roll the dice and Geronimo Allison and wait and grasp. But depending on what draft you're in and who you're drafting with, there's somebody that's buying into the hype a little bit too much and taking them in a – eighth, ninth, tenth round at some times. The eighth is pretty dang on aggressive. But I've seen it happen before because somebody's buying into the fact that, well, Randall Cobb had a boot on two weeks ago, and, you know, he's done. And I don't think, you know, watch Toronto Allison be the number two. I understand the excitement. If Aaron Rodgers plays 16 games, as he does most of his career until last year, and he's out there throwing for 4,500 yards and 35 touchdowns or more, the number two wide receiver is going to be supremely valuable. I just don't know if it's going to be John Mouser for the entire season. I like Jamal Moore. I think that he could be a threat, at least in the deep game, and then the touchdown upside there. If Allison locks it down, yeah, we could talk about it. But we're also, again, you're, you're kind of counting. If you're going to draft Allison in the middle round, you're kind of counting on Randall Cobb to be completely done at this point in spirit. Right, right. And uh, one more on the wide receiver here, Jake. A sleeper we could look out for that you like. Uh, you know what? He's kind of well known, and it's surprising the team that he's on that he's not going higher than he should be because 
not really technically a sleeper as an odd. I got him in the 14th round, but Chris Hogan should hmm. not be going in the middle rounds. And I say he shouldn't be going in the middle rounds because he should be going inside the top 20, 22 or so wide receivers because people forget. Like, this is another one. It's last year's trash in a different way. If he got hurt, people forgot and just dismissed him and throwing him to the side. Everybody was super excited for Chris Hogan with the Patriots last year. What did he do? He comes out, and through the first eight weeks, he was a top eight wide re- top eight wide receiver in both formats, even including a miserable week one where he basically did nothing. And then he gets hurt and misses the rest of the season, except for the one game at the end of the year. And people forgot about how good he was. He was everything people wanted him to be and more. Mm-hmm. And he's the number one with Edelman suspended for the first four weeks. And really, Gronkowski and a hodgepodge mess of wide receivers that they're going to try and throw out there. So why Chris Hogan is going in the middle round, his wide receiver at 30, 35 off the board, is beyond me. So he's not your typical sleeper. It's like, oh, I've never heard that name before. But he is wildly underrated right now. That's great insight. In conversation from Jake Seeley, senior writer with The Athletic FF Fantasy Football on Twitter, at AllInKid. Let's swing over to the running backs here, Jake. And we were talking earlier, uh, we had Todd Gurley's my top running back in my rankings. I had Gurley, Ezekiel Elliott, then Le'Veon Bell. Who are your top three? And then we'll get into kind of that next tier in a sleeper uh, before we go. Yeah, I'm not going to get too caught up in the top four because I think they're all great. Mm-hmm. For me, it's, it's Le'Veon Bell, and then it's Todd Gurley, and then it's David Johnson. But if you want to take Zeke because you think he's safer, I'm not going to argue with you. If you want to take David Johnson first because you love what his potential is, I'm not going to argue with you. They're just so tightly grouped, I feel like it's almost your preference this year, just who you really prefer. Right, and the thing is with, with David Johnson as well, if you have... If a running back misses the year with uh, an ACL or something, typically you see ACL, something like that. It can take a, a player at any position a full year to really get back to where they were. That wasn't the case with David Johnson. It was upper body, and I don't think there's any reason, Jake, why he can't just come in and take over right where he left off, especially when you have uh, an often injured Sam Bradford and a rookie behind him in Josh Rosen. Like They're going to be leaning on David Johnson. Oh, hundred percent. And you know the, the ability that he has when he says he wants to be a thousand yard rusher and a thousand yard receiver, he has that, 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 that. That's not a joke. I mean, honestly, I kind of almost expect more of a fifteen hundred yard rushing to go with a thousand yards receiving. And you know, maybe that doesn't happen. But if he ends up with the sixteen, fifteen, sixteen hundred rushing and seven hundred receiving, oh. I mean, we're talking about twenty five to hundred twenty total Ooh. yards for that. A hundred percent needs him to be that. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me at all. And finally, Jake, give me a sleeper running back. Is there anybody maybe in the rookie class that is piquing your interest or anybody who uh, is a bit under the radar that might be of value? Well, the rookie class keeps going down by the week. They just, <laughs> but I will tell you this. So now he's going to turn into a value. And he still was a value for me, and I was a rookie. as Rashad Penny, who I was campaigning to take in the third round before this injury because talent wins out, in my opinion. And this people have this revisionist history remembering Chris Carson was so amazing. No, he had one good game out of four. <laughs> the rest of the Seahawks' backfield was just miserable. So it's like, it's the shiny turd versus the, the straight turd. I mean, that's just really what it was. But now with the broken finger, you know, maybe he starts the year slow, isn't even possibly ready for week one. He's going to fall into the seventh, eighth round now. And now you're getting a supreme value. He is a draft and stash because it's going to take him some time to overcome Carson now. But I think that's why he's appealing, and that's why he's now turned into a quote-unquote sleeper. 
Jake, always love the insight. Where can people find your work and, and get up to date on all the fantasy news getting uh, leading up to this NFL regular season? It's actually really simple. It's theathletic.com, and there's a fantasy tab for it. And the best part is now instead of just signing up for my stuff or a draft kit or whatever, you get the entire athletic. You get the, you know, the Ken Rosenthal's in baseball and nice. all these other people that are like my coworkers now. Or you could just follow <laughs> me on Twitter at Olinkin, and you know how I do I tweet out everything anyway, so yeah. you can always just check the link. Jake, a pleasure as always, man. Thank you so much. Thanks, man. All right, see you, brother. Jake Seeley, senior writer for The Athletic, FF, and as you heard on Twitter, at all in kid.